fight. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty and I are going to do part two of our final grades for the offensive core. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, Scotty also host over at Lockdown Tigers. Um, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available. Available. I don't know why I keep butchering the word available every show at the start. Available or something, whatever I say. Uh, whatever. Free and available. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, proud of myself. We're going to continue our part two of the offensive grades as you heard in the cold open i do want to remind you guys though that before this is going to end up having to be a three-parter there's just too many forwards to get through um to grade so many forwards played you know a substantial amount of games for this team this season um but we will take a break between part two and part three as we will bring you a sam mcgilligan interview and we're going to talk to give you our first prospect profile uh, he's obviously over at McKean Taki. He'll be on for Thursday's episode. So make sure you stay tuned to that. That one should be a good one. Um, but getting back into today's episode, we want to break down the second line. And we're going to do a little bit different structure. We're going to give you one second liner and then one depth forward. Second liner, then a depth forward. And I think it's probably best to lead off with the, like we've been doing a lot lately, leading off with the most exciting name on that second line grouping. And I guess second line's not really the best way of saying it because he played a lot of minutes on the third line. But Jacob Vrana um, should have been a top six forward for the entirety of the 26 mm-hmm. games he played, but he was not. He played a lot of minutes on the third line as well, but, you know, tried and true top six forward. And I'm really curious what kind of grade you're going to give him because he is a. Uh, I only played 26 games, but when he was there, man, who. Yeah, and like that's that's the tough thing about him, right? Because it the uh, the sample size was small, and um, but you know we knew that he was gonna miss substantial time going into opening night, so it, it wasn't like a blindsided injury. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. It, it was blindsided, I, I guess, when we found out. But we found out well before opening night, so. This was something that we knew we were going to have to combat for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard for me to not give him like something in the A range. Like he, yeah. like how can you not? How can you not give him what like A A minus? Like I'm I'm not really sure how how you can give him anything lower. Uh, he came back from the injury. I guess maybe a little bit later than we thought on opening night. Like I think most people were thinking. Uh, more like early mid February, um, but I mean he came back and then stayed back and uh, was absolutely a, a goal scoring and just a production machine, uh, and that will continue his, or that did continue his uh, kind of just like tear he's been on since putting on a winged wheel, um, and I'm really really excited to see a full season of it. Yeah, I mean. So he had 13 goals in 26 games and 
uh, six assists for 19 total points. And you said it there at the very end, Scott. He's a he's a goal-scoring machine. The dude's a sniper, yeah. a finisher. He's got a little bit of playmaking in him, but the, for the most part, his his game is offensive-oriented, which is fine when you play some on, uh, you know, a line with some guys who can you know, a little bit more defensively responsible. Not that he can't be, but his, his game is mostly scoring goals. And he did that. I mean, we saw, like you said, the small sample size. He was he scored 13 goals in 26 games played. Every other game, he was scoring a goal. And coming off of injury, he immediately scored a goal and then scored two right. goals. I mean, he can score from anywhere on the ice in the wildest of fashions. And sometimes, like, wild, like, wow, that's amazing. And sometimes wild, like, wow, that went in. But he's just an incredibly talented forward and Every time he steps on the ice, like he further proves that the Red Wings won that trade. Um, expectations for him coming in as we continue to use that as our, our basis for what we grade these players. I mean, expectation coming in was him to be a top six forward who scored a lot of goals. And I mean, in 26 games played, like I said, 13 goals. That's really damn good. His shooting percentage was an even 20%, which is absolutely unsustainable. Like, let's be honest. There's no way Jacob Ronick carries a 20% shooting percentage across. But I mean, he easily is going to eclipse 30 goals in a full season in a Red Wings uniform. The question is whether or not he hits 40. So, I mean, I think that he definitely deserves an A, a minus. I'll I'll give him a yeah, minus that, is probably that, that's where I was leaning to. Like it's it's hard for me to give like a solid A in in only 26 games, but uh, it's hard to do better than what he did in those 26 games. So, I think A minus is totally fair. Yeah, and it's hard too because like if you look at like relative to his teammates, he was down there. You know, relative to his teammates, he had a, a negative 0.21 expected goals for percentage. So when he was on the ice, and a lot of that has to do is he came back when the team's wheels had fallen off defensively. Yeah. So the team's getting yeah. heavily outchanced and outshot, regardless of who's on the ice. And he was out there, unfortunately, against or out there on the ice when there was a lot of it. And that's why it's relative to the teammates, because it shows that his defensive liabilities were unfortunately having an effect on the team's chances. So he was, he's a scoring threat. Like he's incredible at putting the puck in the back of the net, but this defensive game is something that's definitely going to have to show up. But like, despite that, knowing who he is and what the expectations were, I'm still comfortable, you know, giving him an a minus because then you look at the other thing, his expected goals above replacement in those 26 games was fourth best on the team. You know, he was only behind Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond. Honestly, obviously a smaller sample size as those guys played 70-plus games. But, I mean, that's that's right up there with the dogs. I mean, he's scoring five more goals, six more goals than a replacement-level player expected. I mean, he's he was really damn good offensively. So I think an A-minus is, is pretty, pretty solid for him. Completely agree. Totally agree. And so we got that on agreement. We want to move now to, as we try to just push through these guys, Sam Gagne is the next guy we're going to talk about, right? That's who we had agreed upon yeah. as, as the yeah. counterpart. And in 81 games played, he played all, he played every game except for one this season. He had 13 goals and 17 assists for 30 points. He was a center or winger, wherever they needed him, but he's, you know, a, you know, true blood center and at his core. They moved him up and down the lineup. He took on a bunch of different roles. Um, honestly, Scotty, I was pretty impressed with Sam Gagne this season. Uh, he fulfilled that depth role really well wherever they put him. I felt like he was, off the, my gut, I felt like he was very defensively responsible on top of things as I'm trying to find you know where he ranks amongst the team. Yeah, I mean, relative to his teammates, again, he is 
a 0.11. So relative to his teammates, he when he was on the ice, the team produced 0.1 more chances than the other team. So per 60 minutes, which, I mean, it, it just further proves that he's defensively responsible, but also can provide offensively as well. Uh, and the final point, though, is that his expected goals above replacement, though, unfortunately was a minus one. So you get a little bit of conflicting statistics there like you did with Jacob Rana, but this one was on the other side. The Really what it shows is that when it comes to relative to his teammates, he produced on the ice, but considering what the Red Wings had and what considers a replacement level player, he probably wouldn't have been. I, I really struggle to say with Sam Gagne because I have a, a soft spot in my heart, but I feel like with what Gagne provided with this team, you know, the goals and the assists that he provided, I'm pretty comfortable giving him like a solid B. I think he exceeded his expectations. And I think I said it earlier, but if he's on the team next year, I think he deserves an A. Yeah, I, I was going to, I was going to say, like, I, I was going back and forth between like a B plus, A minus, I think. Like, he, he was, um, he, he was productive and he was exactly. Not, not, I don't even want to use the term like he was exactly what we brought him in to do. I, I think he was I guess better I'll than what we brought him exactly, in to do. He was exactly what we needed him to be. I mean, 30 points from a depth forward is solid. And from a guy who's, exactly. you know, what, in his 30s, he's going to cross 1,000 games next season. So, I mean, 30 points from a depth forward is, is really good. I, I am like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and, you know, explain to you how relative to his teammates, he was a plus on the ice, but then his right. expected goals above replacement was a minus. I think that says more about the overall team quality when you look at expected goals above replacement rather than, you know, when it comes to his individual performance compared to his line mates and his teammates. But that's that's my right. interpretation of it. The fact that, you know, compared to his teammates, he was a positive asset on the ice just speaks to the value he brought. But when his expected no, goals and, above and replacement having that is veteran minus, depth. Yeah. Uh, on on the forwards uh, of all places, you know, we're 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 kind of thin up the middle there. So having a, a you know nice veteran present along the wings, and and he did have such a productive year. I think it's it's uh, it, this is a very successful season for for Gagne. I guess is my point. So yeah, yeah. I, I think A minus is probably probably where I'd go. Yeah, I'll sit there with the B. Um, I think he definitely exceeded expectations. Obviously, the expectations being if he you know meets expectations, that's a C in our eyes. That's the baseline we're going with. He exceeded the expectations, and that's why he's earning a B. But he didn't like wow me so much that he's gonna he would deserve an A. But that's just we're splitting hairs at that point. Um, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Let's see, do I have a banner? Do I have a mm, fail? Uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from the chain auto part car or dealership Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the easiest solution to your auto part needs. Go to the rock, go to rockauto.com right now. 
and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. I feel like there's a different cadence to that read. <laughs> that was right. great, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Something to Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, we're breaking down more forward grades. We gave Jacob Vrana an A. I gave Jacob Vrana an A minus, and I gave Sam Gagne a B. And we're gonna move on now. To, I gave back to back A minuses, but I guess my grades don't matter. So. They don't. We all know that I'm the one who really matters on this podcast. So <laughs> clearly. Anyways. Robbie Fabry, he played 56 Robbie games Fabry. before, unfortunately, tearing his ACL and his other knee, the third torn ACL he has had in his career. Very unfortunate. But up until that point, he had 17 goals and 13 assists, matched Sam Gagne's 30 points. Um, Robbie Fabry, man, well, how did you feel about his season? Uh, I mean, it, it was it was solid until, you know, the injury. Like, it, it's really hard to, to grade – somebody like that because I'm not going to pin him having a serious injury like against him like it's his fault or something um but his production was really good at the beginning of the year and then took an even bigger step forward when Guelph was formed um and then yeah I, like it, it was a, it was a really really solid year and solid enough even to the point where you know Steve threw him a, an extension. So yeah, he deserved uh, it I think this is about up until the injury, it was about as successful of a season as you could have for Robbie Fabry. Like I, I'm talking like, like leading up to that, it was probably a, a, a borderline a season. I, I mean, it's everything you could have possibly wanted in a Robbie Fabry in a Robbie Fabry season. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's hard with the injury to, to to grade. That's all. Like it's it's really just hard to to pinpoint, you know, the the weight with everything and and uh, and but but le- you know before that night before before that night it was it was about as as good of a year as you could get out of him. Yeah. So I mean, if you prorate his goals, you had 17 goals in 56 games played. You prorate that to an 82 game season, he's got 25 goals on the season, which is pretty damn impressive for a second line forward. Beauty. Um. Well, especially uh, if Guelph stays together, your second line has has a 30 and a 25 goal scorer on it. Mm-hmm. Sign me the heck up. Yeah. No, and I think he's I think he's a great second line forward. I mean, he he provided a an, an, positive expected goals above replacement. Like he was creating opportunities for not just himself, but his line mates whenever he stepped on the ice. So I think that I I'm not, I would give him a B plus because I, I'm going to not, I, I got to take, when it comes to these injuries, man, we talked about it yesterday a little bit with Carter Rowney. We got to kind of take it out because like we can't take away from their grade because they were hurt because that's not something they, they can control. So when you look at Robbie Fabry in the 56 games he played, he was a second liner the entire time and he brought decent production. And I'm comfortable giving a B plus because when it comes to expectations, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was this year. And he was good enough to earn that contract extension, like you just said. Um, but he didn't, again, he wasn't so amazing that he would earn an A. Like, he wasn't on pace for, like, 30 goals. Not that that's the bar for a forward to have to earn an A. 
Um, but no. given what I was expecting of him, I was expecting him down the hold down the fort on the second line and maybe get replaced in the offseason. But he earned his spot on this team. He's earned his spot as a core piece of this team, at least prior to the ACL injury. Who knows what the future holds for him now? But I, after when he got that contract extension, I was comfortable saying Robbie Fabry was a forward on this team for when it's ready to compete. And, um, you know, the injury again may change that, but at that moment, that's how I felt, which is why I'm comfortable giving him a B plus because he exceeded my expectations for him. I mean, the fact that over a course of an 82 game series, he was on pace for 25 goals is really damn good for a second line forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, heading like once Guelph was formed like that, it was crazy. They went on a heater. Yeah. That line, that line chemistry was boom. That, that line went crazy, crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's ver- it's really hard juggling all that. I, I guess, yeah, like th- that B-plus, A-minus range again, like for the third play in a row for me, <laughs> uh, is right right about there. Yeah, I, I guess I guess a B-plus a B is, is probably fair. It's just it's, – it's very difficult because, like – you have to take into consideration that, you know, they only played X amount of games, but at the same time, um, you know, you don't want to pin an injury against someone either. Um, yeah. It's not his fault. That, right. You know, that exactly. Happened. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I think a nice B like, yeah, B plus B plus is probably good. Yeah. Um, Adam Ernie is the next guy that we're going to talk about. And he's an interesting one. Cause I feel like, I feel like what we saw out of Adam Ernie this year was closer to reality. Uh, He had 19 points in 79 games played, six goals, 13 assists. Last year, he tied his career high in about half as many games. So he had 45 games played last season. He had 11 goals, nine assists. He went on a tear there for a while. I think he had like eight goals in eight games, something insane yeah, like that. Yeah, he did that. go on a little bit of a heater. Um, 20 points in just 45 games. This year, he only had 19 points in 79 games. So while I think that the Adam Ernie we saw this year is probably closer to what is really what he is, I think last year kind of raised the bar for what we expected of him. I think, honestly, I expected closer to Sam Gagne season out of Adam Ernie, and he just really felt invisible to me. He's another depth forward, but I feel like there were stretches, Scotty, and I mean this in all honesty. There were stretches where I forgot he was a, on the Detroit Red Wings. Like, I, I straight up would forget Adam Ernie was on the ice for stretches of the season until he would, like, pop up a- with a, a random goal. Yeah, agreed. So I don't even know where to begin with him. So if, like, expectations are a C then he definitely fell beneath that, but I wouldn't give him a failing grade either. I don't think he was so disadvantageous, disadvantageous for the Red Wings that he would get like an F, but like a D plus maybe a D I, I, I can't in good faith, give him like a great grade. Not that, you know, my grades mean anything, but that's just where I'm feeling right now. No, for sure. It, it was, it was definitely a letdown from from last season and on a team that needed the scoring depth so badly right like like 
at the beginning of the year, we kind of just had like the top line really. And then like Guelph was formed and, and we had two kind of productive lines and then two lines that were just like, don't get rocked while you're out there. You know what I mean? And, and like, we, we really, really needed um, some production and, and some scoring depth from the guys down there. And, and I, I mean, at full health, which was not really a thing that lasted very long at all, but at full health, I mean, there were times when I remember people talking about like, oh, like who's the odd man out tonight? And everybody's like, can we just like healthy Adam Ernie tonight? Like it's, it's one game. It's not like a permanent thing, but like we have everybody healthy like that. And, and again, the everybody healthy thing lasted like four games. So like, (laughs) like it it ended up not, not being a, a consistent conversation. He ended up needing to play every night and, and did that. And and like you said, he wasn't a he he wasn't a, tra- a train wreck out there. But I mean, there were there were a couple of times when when everybody was healthy and everybody was back, and and we had some you know so some of the some of the kids up and some of the guys from the Griffins up, and we were like, can we just like can we we can, we should probably just healthy Ernie tonight, just like see what happens. And um, so with that, I I think I think a D plus is like the grade. I, I think that it's you know, not, not failing. He, he wasn't disastrous. It wasn't a liability out there. Um, but all of that being said, he definitely did not meet expectations. Yeah. I mean, I think the most telling thing about Adam Ernie this season is that he is the worst player amongst all Red Wings forwards at expected goals above replacement. Um, he coming in at a, just a straight up minus five. I mean, That's he, it was expected to, provide five less goals than a replacement level player. I mean, that's, that just goes to show how little impact he had on the game at the offensive level. And then, you know, when you compare him relative to his teammates, he also was a negative as well. I mean, he came in, you know, he's a little bit closer to the middle of the pack there, but you know, a negative 0.04. So when you look at both sides of the puck, it's a little bit closer as his defensive games, a little bit, you know, helps make up for the goals. He's not helping score. But on both sides of the puck, he unfortunately was in the red, so to speak. And so that's why, like, you know, I got to give him a a D plus. Like you said, he wasn't like so underperforming his expectations to get an F. But definitely I expected a little bit more, especially after what we saw from from him last year. Yeah. And and, and just like everything that I said about Gagne as, as far as like Gagne was exactly like what this team needed. Right, like down yeah. there, Ernie was. We expected him to be what we needed, and and he was not. Yeah, completely agree. Gotta talk to you guys today about Bill Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat birthday cake puff from Built. Now, Scotty, I got a little bit of a story time for you. Okay. So, Allison and I. Went to Ikea, and we brought a couple of Built Bar Puffs with us, the birthday cake ones that they sent us, and I ate mine on the way because I was starving. She left hers. She was going to eat it on the way back. She left it in the car. Well, you know, it's warm out. It's like 75 degrees. Let me tell you, that was the best Built Bar Puff I've had yet. It was, a, it was melty, so it was like a s'more. Like you were eating a protein bar s'more, and it was like even better than how they are just straight up. 
if you want to eat a built bar and they, they've actually spoken about that before like, um, during the christmas season they were about all dipping about in the like hot chocolate dipping yeah. in the hot chocolate nuke it like yeah nuke it <laughs> no but it, like i i kind of inadvertently tried that by accidentally leaving it well not accidentally but leaving it in my car and it was absolutely delicious like it was next level built bar um and they're only they got 150 calories with 16 grams of protein and nine grams of sugar this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get your flavor and variety in your day all built bar puff all built bar puffs are covered in 100 real chocolate that means that with built you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it go to built.com and to get your birthday cake puffs now go to built.com use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order again Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. As we continue our breakdowns, I gave, oh, I gave Robbie Fabry. Sorry, I just had a brain fart. I was thinking about something. <laughs> I gave Robbie Fabry a B, and I gave, oh, my gave- God. You Adam gave, Ernie. Okay. I remember plus. your grades. <laughs> you gave Fabs a B plus. Thank you. It's the pluses you gave, I'm getting confused on. You gave Fabs a B plus. You gave Gagne a B. You gave Verana an A minus. And then who did we just do? Adam Ernie. And you gave Ernie a D plus. Yes. Those were your grades. Mine were A minus, A minus, B plus, D plus. All right. There we go. Thanks for the recap. Because clearly gotcha. I couldn't remember. I just like. I'm, I'm, I full disclosure, I came from hockey guys. So, like, I'm like exhausted from top to bottom. Yeah, so Brian brains some D1 athlete. Dude, there was straight up a D1. We were playing D League hockey player or D League men's league, and there was a D1 hockey player. Like, everyone's home from college on the other team, and we won two to one. Goalie masterclass by our team. Like, our goalie just was on top, his top form today. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm actually talking slower today, guys, is because I'm tired. I'm tired, but we're still putting on a good show for you. And we have two more players we want to get to in today's episode as we continue to grade these Fords. The fourth, fifth Ford, got to count. Fifth Ford that we're doing here is the final player on that second line in Pew Suter. I uh, signed him in the offseason. You know, he had his, I believe, his what, rookie season last year, a late bloomer with yep. the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Was pretty good in a role that he was probably not you know, a little bit above his expectations as, you know, Jonathan Taze was out almost the entirety of last season. You think it was, it was the entirety of last season. Hugh Cedar stepped in, was really good. They let him walk. So the Red Wings signed him to be the second line center. And I, I feel a little bit mixed. He was the third of the three players to play all 82 games this season. He had 36 points, 15 goals, um, and 21 assists as I did that mental math myself, I, I'm not really sure the grade to give him. I think he was about at the expectation, to be honest. I, so think I, I know what I want to give him. Just go ahead and you, you, you tell me. I think this is the poster child of a C plus. I think this is exactly what everything given our criteria, what a C plus entails. Expectations were a C. He had to step in, be a second line center, and, you know, a, a role that he had to kind of step into and, and get a little bit acquainted with last year, be a 2C on a team. Uh, I think that on a competitive team, 
Pugh Suter could be a lethal 3C. I, I think that is mm. like if Agreed. you're if you're making like playoff of a playoff deep playoff run, Pew Suter could be a, a very high end third line center for you. Um, but but I, I think that the two C role is is like I said, ideally he, he's probably down another one, but something that he stepped into uh, had a lot of success again, as I've said a million times in this show when Guelph got formed, and uh, I, I mean even throughout the year, like he he was he was always um like he he was a good filler in the second line he 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 was he was solid and nev- never really blew you away i don't think but um i i don't think at any point you you might have watched it and been like like i watched it and like damn like he'd be really good as a third line center yeah but I, I, I don't think you ever watched him and and were like oh well y- you know like we brought him in and expected so much more and like, who else on this team are you going to have as your two C? There's no other choice. So like, given the situation and given how he performed, I think he is the the prototype um, and the poster child for a C plus grade. I am convinced. You you have absolutely convinced me with your argument, um, because I, I agree 100 percent with what you said. I mean, can't, coming in, the expectation was him to play second line center, but I think everybody also realized that. You know, like you said, on most other teams, he'd be a damn good third line center. He's probably not a top six forward on most teams, but he came in and he served his purpose well. Um, and he was, and a C plus also just fits him perfectly because if you look at those 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 advanced numbers, I love to just throw out there that relative to his teammates' expected goals for percentage, um, he was a point one five this season, so just barely on the positive side of creating chances instead of giving up more chances. And then if you go at his expected goals above replacement, he is quite literally the middle of the the roster with a one expected <laughs> goals above replacement. So I think your terminology there of you saying he was the poster child for that type of thing is spot on. I think C-plus is fair because he came in, he served his purpose, and was just slightly better than what we were expecting. And so yeah. I think I think C plus for Pew Suter, you completely convinced me. That's that's absolutely what he deserves. Well, I certainly agree. Well, you're agreeing with yourself. So <laughs> uh, Mitchell Stevens, let's knock him out real quick. We're already at the 30 minute mark, but I feel like the guy had 27 games played. Another guy just like Carter Rowney yesterday, who you know suffered an injury and missed a huge chunk of time. Um, he he's right up in there, and obviously the injury played a big role of why. There were times where I forgot he was on the Red Wings. But he was another guy where he just kind of feels mentally interchangeable with guys like Carter Rowney and Adam Ernie. Like, literally a depth forward who can pl- slide up and down the third and fourth line. Any given night, you can replace him with, you know, Adam Ernie, Carter Rowney, if they're healthy, that is. I I, I just don't really know what to... Ha- I, I don't even know what I was expecting right, of Mitchell Stevens. What? Said he was ready the carousel. He was part of the carousel, right? Yeah, that's my term. He was part of that carousel. I don't even know what I was expecting of Mitchell Stevens this season. He didn't. He in twenty seven games, he didn't have a goal. He had six assists. Yeah, that's that's Mitchell Stevens. Yeah, like it's hard to be like, damn, this dude sucked when he was playing what, like seven to nine a night, and for twenty seven games, like. 
Yeah, I mean, but like he also had the worst. Oh, I'm not goal saying, expected goals for. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm about to give him one good grade. I'm just saying, like I, I don't, I don't know if that's really like a like a failing. No, you know. like I, I'm, I'll give him a D plus just because, like, yeah, I, I was gonna give him a D, like maybe, yeah, somewhere in that D range, just because. So we saw him for 27 games, just you know, about a, a third of the season, and in that third of a season, he failed to score a goal. He had the second worst expected goals above replacement, negative 4.6, just above Adam Moore, Ernie, and he had the worst expected goals for percentage relative to his teammates. So on both ends of the puck he failed to provide anything of substance. He was worse than a a replacement level player when he did play. And so, you know, this is another one of those guys that was a reclamation project for Steve Eisenman guy. Another guy like Adam Ernie, he took from Tampa Bay because they had too many players and was hoping that maybe he was underutilized and would blossom in an open system like the Red Wings with so much room for a guy who was, sheltered down in a different team to maybe find his footing. And he just didn't do that. And again, injuries happen, but in the 27 games we did see him, he did not really provide anything of substance. So I think I, I will, I will again, align myself with you go from D plus to D because I just, I can't, it's, it, it's close to a failing grade on Mitchell Stevens, but dude with, didn't score a goal. Like what do we score talking? a goal? But I also <laughs> just don't, I don't, we didn't see him enough for me to be like, yeah, that's an F. Like we saw no, Danny and, Kaiser for like sixty I, plus. Right, I, I agree with that too. It's uh, not a not didn't see enough of him, and was just not a big enough part of the team, even when he was healthy, for me to you know what I mean. Like DDK was getting top line minutes for sixty games. Yeah. Like that's that's a lot different. So uh, so yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I, I think that a D is is probably fair, and I'm not even sure there's too much else to really talk about with it, and like that's. I'm, Kind of covered the bases, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that we don't have a lot to say about him is exactly like kind of the problem. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, thanks for being locked on Red Wings. Your first listen every day. Now head over to Locked On NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty and I will be back with you guys tomorrow as we. Take a break from our grades. We'll do finish that off on Friday, but we'll be on with Sam McGilligan from McKean's Hockey as the we dog. begin our, ja- our draft prospect profiles. So make sure you stay tuned for that because McGilligan is uh, really freaking good at his job. The dog, baby. Can't wait. So, any final thoughts, man? We ball. We absolutely ball. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day.